risen. He is risen indeed. Is risen. And deed. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. say he is risen indeed he is risen he is risen indeed welcome to Easter Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't our kids do a great job uh, we had a lot of fun uh, with them in that process he is risen he is risen indeed and uh, although the church can't be gathered in the building the church is still the church you are gathered in homes all around our community and we are gathered if you will to celebrate Christ and to celebrate the life we have in him and this Sunday more than any other Sunday is holy party it's a time to rejoice in what God has done for us uh, it's a giant kind of time where we just celebrate everything uh, that, that has happened in Christ Jesus it's the completion of uh, of all that Christ came uh, to do. And so uh, we want to celebrate together. Uh, we kind of did it with the kids. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I do have a request for you at the end of the service somewhere. Uh, if, you would, um, if you would take a, a video of yourself, a selfie of everybody you're with, and just maybe really short, say, he is risen, he is risen indeed, uh, and, then, then, and then post that to our lobby page, our Facebook lobby page. Uh, and if you haven't gotten onto that, you'll want to get onto our Facebook lobby page. That's where a lot of kind of just family sorts of things are happening. And it'd be fun to see how many different people we can get uh, to post onto that page and how many different uh, He Is Risen, He Is Risen Indeed videos uh, we can get. Another thing you can do is actually just check in at the church, although you're not here. If you kind of uh, do a check-in, that, that would be fun as well. And it'd be kind of a great time when everyone is worshiping through social media to kind of maybe have a social media explosion uh, with our, our church. So let, let's get started. Here's what I know for sure uh, about Easter, and that is this, the resurrection of Jesus is the single most important event in human history. And, and I don't say that lightly. This, this is the thing. The resurrection is the single most important event in human history, which is why it's worth all the celebration. And whatever is second, it's not even very close to this, uh, because the Easter morning, the resurrection of Christ changes everything everything. It changes the trajectory of history. It changes lives. It changes communities. It changes nations. It changes the world. And so uh, what we celebrate today is, is worth celebrating. And I want to kind of uh, begin by reading to you uh, one of the passages of the resurrection. Uh, it's found in Matthew 28. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. I want to read verses uh, 1 through 8 uh, for us today. And, and then we're going to kind of talk uh, about that. And so um, 
Jesus has come through uh, Holy Week, uh, through Monday, Thursday, and the Lord's Table, uh, through Good Friday. And again, I'm so sorry that video uh, didn't get up of, our, of the service uh, there. And we just had some technical difficulties that were outside of our control. Um, and, and then Saturday is, is the time of rest, Holy Saturday, uh, time of prayer. And then uh, it's Sunday uh, morning, basically, which would have been the first day of the week uh, for Jews. Uh, and, and it says this, after the Sabbath... At the dawn on the first day of the week, so first thing in the morning on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, okay? So we had an earthquake when, when, when Christ passed, and now at his resurrection, we have another earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, I, I, I would love to have seen that. And his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. They, they literally fainted. They, they passed out. Um, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I love that, that when angels show up and God shows up, he always says, don't be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. And here's the three words that change the world. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And there's absolutely a sense in which that has been what the church has been about ever since that moment that we, we run both with fear and with joy to tell the world that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and that the power of sin and death is broken. And that, that's the key. That thing that bind us, that bound us, sin and death, is broken. In fact, I'd say it like this. The resurrection of Jesus killed death. And I just, I love this image of killing death. It, it, it's death to death. There's a certain sense in which death got a taste of its own, own medicine in, in this. That, that, that death wasn't cheated or anything. It, it, it just, it was broken. It would never work again. It was destroyed. Uh, and and the, I know that the death is, it's not just the physical death, uh, but, but death means the whole larger picture of all the ways in which we die and which we suffer. Uh, the destructiveness, the damage, the hurtfulness, the, the evil in the world, the decay that happens, the, the the loss, the demise, all of those words that have to do with this kind of destruction that, that is death. Death is a, a big concept uh, in Scripture, not just physical death. And uh, death, in fact, is, was the greatest enemy the world had ever known. It, it was the enemy that destroyed everything, that brought everything to an end. And it, it, it was the exact opposite in many ways of life. Uh, the, the mortal enemy, the death enemy, if you will, uh, which is why we were created in the first place was for life. And so death, with the Genesis story and the entrance of death and sin into the world, sin and death are synonymous in many ways. Um, and and that, that changed the trajectory of the world then. And it's the exact opposite of God, who is, who is life itself. Sin and Satan uh, is death, and Christ and life uh, is God. And so uh, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he didn't just sneak someone out. <laughs> uh, he, he destroyed death itself. 
Um, and, and I think this is really, really important because sometimes we, differ, we don't differentiate well between uh, Jesus raising people from the dead and the resurrection of Christ. So when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he, he, he by his authority brought him out of death. But he would die again. I mean, he, he would pass away. And you got to imagine that that would have been an interesting kind of experience. Ah, here we go again with Lazarus, you know. Um, and so... Um, so Christ called him out, but when Jesus was resurrected, when God called Jesus forth, um, it wasn't a, a get out of jail free, it wasn't sneaking Jesus out the back door of, of death, it was literally that, that Christ as he came forth, as he broke death, came forth, he, he destroyed death, and, and one of the images I kind of like is the idea of the, the gates of hell, you know, and Christ as he's coming back out, as God has called him, kind of pushes them down and destroys them, and, and death can no longer hold us. Death is broken. It's destroyed. It, it doesn't have any power anymore. Uh, and, and so that, that is, that's the power. That's the good news for us. The power of the resurrection is that death doesn't have power anymore. That, that it, it's helpless. And, um, and, and I, I know for many of us, we, we just love to celebrate this. But I hear a couple of you out there, you know, I hear a couple of you saying, yeah, but don't we still die? You know, we've got these graveyard kind of things out here. And, and the answer to that is, yes, our bodies die for sure. But, but that's not really the essence of, of who we are. Uh, one of the things I love in Genesis, it's so important to our theology, is kind of uh, how, how we are put together. And in Genesis, the, the story is that one, you know, God speaks and he creates the world. But, but when it comes to humanity, he doesn't speak us into existence. He actually comes down and, and forms the earth, forms the mud into the, to a body of a, a human. And, and then he actually breathes or in spirits, breath and spirit, same word, uh, into the man and gives him the, the spirit of the living God that, that he puts his spiritual DNA into us, the Imago Dei, we call it sometimes, that, that, that we, we as human beings, we're this weird combination of eternal soul and dirt. <laughs> eternal soul and dirt. And, and that's, that's who we are. Our bodies uh, are made up of, of, of the creation of, of the world. And, and in one sense, death is, is when those two things are separated again. And the, the dirt returns to the dirt and the soul returns to God, that which is uh, eternal. And, and actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. We get kind of hung up on bodies. But you don't have the same body you had years ago. I mean, one of the things that modern science has taught us is that, that the cells that make up our body are constantly dying, and, and then, then new ones grow. Uh, and so, so the body you have today is not the same body you had 10 years ago, and it's certainly not the body you had 30, 40 years ago if you're uh, of that age. It, our bodies, in one sense, are constantly dying, and death is just when we stop the process of constantly renewing them, and, and the dirt becomes dirt uh, again. Uh, and, and here's the good news about us. God is one day going to give us a new body, not a body made out of the dirt of this earth that has fallen, because in creation, in, in Adam's sin, not only did uh, moral failure happen, but, but creation itself was broken. Creation uh, didn't work like God had intended it, and that's why we have all this crazy stuff. But he says he's going to give us new bodies in, in the resurrection like Christ's body. In fact, listen to Philippians 3.21. It says, um, uh, we get new bodies like Christ's uh, post-resurrection body. Uh, not only did the resurrection, however, kill death, uh, but the, the resurrection of Jesus replaced death with new life. And so it's not just the end of death. There's this new gift that we get, which is life. 
And, and it's a different kind of life. It's a life that, that isn't necessarily, by, it certainly includes biology, but it, it's bigger than that. And it's a life from which God is the source. Uh, Jesus, who is life, confronts death in, in his death and in his resurrection and overcomes it. And, and it, it's not like the old life. It, it's this new thing that, that, that's spiritual. John 10.10 10 says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And the word abundantly there doesn't refer to the, the quantity of life. You know, if you have Christ, you're going to live longer than people that don't have Christ. That's, that's just not true at all. It refers to the quality of life, that there's a qualitative difference once Christ comes into our lives and gives us the life that he has. It's a different kind of life. In fact, the, the problem with it and why we need this is that the old life is poisoned by sin. When, when Adam and Eve fell, it, it poisoned our souls. It poisoned uh, the world. It, it poisoned everything. We are fallen. Uh, we are contaminated, I think, sometimes is a word I like, uh, by sin. And, and so we live in a world where people hurt one another and we, we live out sinful ways. And uh, we often, the crazy thing is, we often hurt and are hurt by the people we love the most. And that was never God's plan. Why, why do we do that? Well, we do that because we are fallen. I, I sometimes think of it as, as an animal with rabies, you know, an animal that is otherwise pretty good. It gets rabies and all of a sudden because of its contamination, its poison, if you will, that, that's in its body, it, com it changes its behavior and becomes destructive and dangerous and aggressive and, and all of those. So I'm not a veterinarian. I won't go very far into that. But, but that's kind of the idea that, that God created us one way and, and sin poisoned us and it changed everything and including the physical world around us. And so there was a two-part fix that was needed, and the first one is the fun and important one, and that is this. By the power of the resurrection, we are cleansed from sin and made into a new creation. The power of the resurrection was the opportunity to cleanse out the poison of sin that is in us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new ha has come. God has cleansed us, and then he has made us new again. Again, he's restored us to life. He's restored our soul to the original settings. Uh, and, and I know that's not very theological language, but, but recently I had a computer at my house that, that kind of decided to go haywire, and I, I had to restore it to the original settings. And, and I was so glad I did, because it kind of saved all the stuff that was there, but it, it fixed the underlying problem. And, and that's kind of the way I think about what Christ does for us in the resurrection. He makes possible the, the, the reset button to, to restore. You, you don't lose who you are, but, but it, it, it resets us, it, it clears cleanses us and it gives, he gives us life again because new creation means life, this abundant Christ life, this thing that he breathed into us. And, and then the physical world, the physical world, he, he actually fixes by kind of starting over, right? The physical world can come and go. Uh, Revelation 21, uh, the Apostle John, who was Jesus' best friend speaking, says, when I uh, saw a new earth, he's having a vision of, of the end of the world. A new, uh, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth 
had passed away. So if you think about what happens after our death, after our dirt dies, uh, that, that we, we go to be with Christ, our soul goes to be with Christ, and at the resurrection, at the end of time, when he raises us up again, we, we get the new body. And I don't know, maybe we get the new body in heaven. I, I don't care. I'll take it whenever he wants to give it to me. Mine's going to be taller and thinner and smarter, okay? Uh, and, it, and it won't get cancer or any of those sorts of things. But we get, we get the new body, and there's a new heaven and, and a new earth that, that hasn't been scarred, that hasn't been poisoned uh, by sin. And so um, this is the way I kind of think of that in the big picture. The resurrection of Jesus unleashed the power of the resurrection for us all. And um, I, if I could just wrap up Easter in one thing, I'm not done yet, but, but if I could just kind of get at it, this is it. The resurrection of Jesus unleashed the power of resurrection for us all, for you and for me, and I know for me because I know how much God has changed my life. I know my tendencies and where I would be if it were not for the power of the resurrection. If it were not for the fact that one day he washed me clean. If it were not for the fact that he made me a, a new creation. And it doesn't mean I don't have the faults and the flaws and the scars of things I've done and the struggles. And I'm way not perfect. But I have been made new, and you can be made new too, and many of you have been made new. And now we can live differently because we've been freed of that sin that gripped us. The old covenant was about keeping the law, and, and, and they, could never, they could never keep the law. You could never be good enough. There was always more. You could never fall short. And, and so the new covenant, the new life, I, I love this scripture says that God would write his law on our hearts. That's just such a beautiful image from my perspective. That, that, that it's not about this external kind of law. It's about this thing in our hearts where, where he speaks to us. And, and I, I'm telling you, <laughs> sometimes I think of this as the conscience. Uh, and and I, I think even people that don't know Jesus have this because they have a conscience too. Uh, so it's why one of the reasons when I talk about sin, sometimes I define sin as that thing that you know in your heart is wrong. That's God writing his law on, on your heart. And we all have those things in our past. It's not, not that little, people get hung up on all the little stuff. That, that's not the stuff. It's that stuff you know. You know. Not because your mama said so, or a preacher said so, or a policeman said so. But you know in your heart that it's wrong. And the good news is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, rather than the law which tried to change us from the outside in, that Jesus Christ comes and dwells with the power of the resurrection and changes us from the inside out. And that's a completely different thing. The power of the resurrection is unleashed that we might be changed and transformed. We are cleansed, we are made new, and we have been changed, and we will continue to be changed in so many ways that the journey with Christ, because we live in the power of the resurrection, by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you want that kind of language, that, that we can more and more be becoming like him in, in our daily walk. And if you try to do that on your own strength, you're just going to get discouraged and frustrated and leave. And I have met people like that that kind of try to follow Christ under their own strength. It never ever works because it's impossible. You're back to law. I got to keep all the rules. I got to do all this stuff. But that's not, that's not what it, Christ does. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us individually. There are things the Holy Spirit speaks to me about that he doesn't speak to you about. There are things that he speaks to you about that he doesn't speak to the person next to you about. And, and so that's this power, the unleashing of the resurrection power in us to to make us new and that's that's the greatest thing ever but but it doesn't end there 
The power of the resurrection also is a power that is at work in the world in so many ways. We, we kind of think of this as, as miracles sometimes, you know. Uh, I have experienced healing in my own life uh, with, with my cancer. You guys know that, that story. I, I, it, I shouldn't be here, you know, but I am. And, and I've had friends that have done that and I've, I, and I've seen, and I'm not talking about stuff where you kind of go, well, you know, that could have been. I'm talking about stuff where, yeah, okay, that's not really possible. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And and the miracles that he does all, all around us. The resurrection of Jesus unleashed the power of the resurrection for us all. And that is the heart of this. That you and I, you can live in the power of the resurrection. That's the message of Easter. Your life can be changed. The trajectory can, trajectory can be changed uh, forever. And then maybe the place where this really comes, comes into play is that the power of the resurrection ignites the possibility of reconciliation. That, that one of the great gifts is that we can be brought back together, that God can change relationships. It's not just me individually, but the power of the resurrection is at least in the, un, unleashed in the community, that, that the, the relationships with one another can, can be restored instead of revenge. We live in a world filled with revenge. Christ offers the opportunity that we can be forgiven and that we can forgive others. That'll change a society if we get from revenge to forgiveness and Christ calls us as followers to do that but not only does he call us he gives us the power by the power of the resurrection to do that we, we can move from pain to, to joy it, it says that God brings good out, out of bad in, in our lives and I've seen this over and over and over and over again where people will sit in my office in the midst of horrible tragedy and say pastor you're not going to believe this but here's something good God brought out of that and I'm like yeah as a matter of fact I, I do believe you I've seen it at all we, we can move from alienation from one another to intimacy with one another, to caring about one another. Rather than, than this, we have the, the connectedness. Rather than war, we have reconciliation. Christ can heal broken relationships because he's made us new. The, the alienation, the broken relationships, that's the sinful world. That's not what Christ intended. He wanted to give us connection with one another. I, I believe with all of my heart that marriages can be healed. And I know that I know, not because I know individually, but I've just worked with enough people and enough people are listening to this, that there are some of you that are struggling with marriage right now. And, and, and the temptation is to say, well, the fix is to just break it and, and, and move on. I'm telling you, Christ can heal your marriage. And I've seen him take marriages that seem like they were totally broken and, and make them new again and make really great marriages out of that. I've talked with couples that, that were on the verge of, of splitting up. And, and yet when they let Christ into their marriage, it, it changed everything when they were obedient to what he called them to do. And that's not easy. Don't misunderstand me. It's not easy. Marriage is not easy. In fact, marriage is kind of God's giant joke that a man and a woman who are so different are called to live together for all of their life. And yet, as hard as that is, the greatest blessings in many ways come out of that union, that covenant relationship. And uh, just, just kind of as a side note, as a part of that, um, one of the things that, that I have done, I've made a part of my life is 
praying for my wife, not about my wife, you know? Uh, because early on in our marriage, I used to complain to God, you know, that woman you gave me, kind of like Adam, uh, you know, she's doing this and this and this, and she's doing it wrong, and da 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 And God would say, uh-huh, let's talk about you for a minute. No, 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 I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about her. If you could fix her, yeah, 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 I'll take care of her. Let's talk about you for a minute. And, and I kind of laugh about that today, but honestly, uh, it was really kind of a game changer in my marriage to realize that every time I complained to God about my wife, he wanted to talk about me. He wanted to change me. He wanted to make me another hus- a, b- a better husband. And I, I don't know what he was talking about with Jody, but he was definitely talking about that with me. And it really kind of taught me this lesson uh, about marriage and about doing my part and focusing on that. And, and, and so I, I just want to encourage you, uh, pray for your spouse not about them. You can pray about them. That's probably not a bad thing because then God will tell you what you're doing wrong. So yeah, pray, pray about your spouse, but also pray for your spouse. Your children, I've seen God heal relationships between, between parents and, and children. And, and I'll, I just need to tell you right off the bat, whatever the issue is, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You, you may have to have boundaries if there's some you know, things in there, but, but the relationship of loving them and caring for them is so important. Relationships with siblings, God can heal those. Relationships with friends, God is all about reconciliation, and it's one of the greatest gifts we get in this life and the life to come. And by the way, you might want to work it out in this life because God might put his, their mansion right next to yours in the life to come, so... Reconciliation, the power of the resurrection ignites the possibility of reconciliation. And then just kind of making the point a little further, real life is found in real relationships. It's, it's the only thing we take to eternity. And so God didn't need to redeem all the dirt, okay? He, he, he can recreate that. But the thing that, that is eternal, the thing that has the imago Dei, the thing that has free will are relationships, that's the thing that really matters. All of the rest of this will one day fall away, but relationships matter. And that's where abundant life is found. Abundant life isn't found in stuff. I know people that have lots of stuff that have abundant life. And I know people that have not much stuff that have abundant life. And I know people that have a lot of stuff that don't really have life at all. And people that don't have anything that don't have life at all. It's about relationships. Uh, to be relationally rich is to be rich. It's the best kind. In fact, I, I just Jesus hits this over and over and over again. And at the end of his life, he, he talks about a new commandment. And it wasn't new because actually it was in the Old Testament, but it had kind of gotten lost in all the other legalism. And the new commandment was love each other. Love each other. You want to know what the resurrection is about? It's about restoring the possibility to truly love each other. It's why here at Generations Community we talk about family. The idea of friends who are like, like family. You can, you can choose that kind, of, that kind of family, those kinds of friends. And, and so at the heart of, of Easter is this possibility that we can have real relationships with one another, with our, our spouses, with our children, with, with our siblings, with our friends, with the, the people in church. And, and, and our goal here at Generations Community is not to be the coolest church. We will never be the coolest church. But our goal is to be the most loving church, the most Christ-like church. And that can't happen except by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
that makes us new. The most important commandment when Jesus was asked was, you know, what's the bottom line here, Jesus? And he said, love God with your whole being. Love the people around you like family. That's what that comes down to. And in Matthew, he goes on to say, everything you build, all of your religion has to be built on that concept. That's the foundation that that matters. That's the thing that matters most uh, in in our faith because everything Jesus did, everything God did, he did out of love. And I'm not talking about mushy kinds of stuff. I'm talking about love that sometimes creates boundaries and barriers and all those sorts of things. But we always try to operate in the best interest of the one we we love. And so um, the first most important relationship is with your Heavenly Father. And I know that probably most of you have an intimate relationship with God that are listening to me. But if you don't, I, I want you to know you can, and you can have it today. Easter Sunday morning is a great time to experience Christ, to come into personal relationship with Him. And I know that sounds kind of, how do you have a personal relationship with a God? I, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I've experienced it. I've experienced the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't hear the Holy Spirit talking to me like every day kind of a thing. But I am telling you that the longer I walk with him, the more I hear him. The more it's that prompt of the Spirit. The more I get it from his word. You can have that, and you can have that today. And you can experience new life in Christ. You can be made new. You can have the power of the resurrection. All other relationships flow out of this. When you get the relationship with God right... It's much easier to get the relationship with your spouse right or with your children or your friends or your colleagues. Uh, Get this right and and everything else works much, much better. So um, if you're not in that relationship with God, here's how you get there. Number one, you have to confess. And that means to own it, to say, you know what, I screwed this up. This wasn't blame it on anybody else. I mean, that we can always find people to blame it on it. But you own it. You say, I'm a sinner. I've violated those lines. I've done those things that I shouldn't do. And, and you don't have to confess to me, but, but you have to confess to God. And God already knows. So confession isn't so much about informing God as it is about owning it and saying, yep, that's mine. The second one thing you have to do is you have to repent, which means to turn away, which means to say, I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to put that out of my life. And, and this, is, this is the one that, that is, is important. This is one that makes the change authentic. And so it's well, that stuff that I was doing that, that's not pleasing to you, God, that sin, that broken. I turn away the best of my ability. I'm not perfect, but by the power of the resurrection, I turn away from that. And then you need to ask for forgiveness. You just need to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done, for the, the people I've hurt. Forgive me for all of that. And then the third, fourth one is you need to ask Christ into your life. Say, come into my life. Change me. Uh, take over. Uh, I'll, I'll do things your way. You, you can be in charge now. Uh, I will follow you through all of this. And then the last one is follow him. Become a follower of Jesus. In fact, Jesus rarely talked about getting saved. He talked a lot about come and follow me. And I would invite you to get connected with a church, to get connected with other believers, to get in a a small group, a life group, a Bible study, those kinds of things. And tell someone what Christ has done. And if if you pray that prayer, if you ask Christ that, welcome to the family. You are born into new life in Jesus Christ. And we are so excited for you. Ultimately, we believe that the resurrection of Jesus means we have a new hope. The old covenant didn't have much hope in it. The new covenant is filled with hope that we can be changed, that the world can be changed, that relationships can be changed. The old is gone. The new has come. Embrace God's plan for your life. And and for those of you who've been following Christ for a while, sometimes we kind of get back in the old patterns of stuff. And it's like, 
Why are we doing that? We, we have the power of the resurrection. Uh, he can make a difference. And, and so pray, uh, follow Christ, uh, listen to the Spirit. Uh, we have this new hope that overcomes all, all of that. We have resurrection power. Say, resurrection power. I know it's awkward. He is risen. He is risen in, indeed. And so I, I do want to enjoy, uh, invite you. I'm going to actually start a series uh, called uh, New Hope. Uh, and I, I, New Ho- It's all about hope in Christ. And would love to have you come and, and be uh, a part of that as we continue on, on video. Uh, but we're going to talk about the hope that Christ gives us uh, through the power of the resurrection. And there is hope. There's hope for you. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your kids. There's hope for your situation. There's all of those sorts of things. So uh, let, me, let me pray for you. Uh, and then I have uh, a couple of, of things we want to talk about just real quickly. Uh, and, and we'll worship the Lord in, in giving. Uh, but, let, but let me pray uh, for you. Father God, thank you for this Easter Sunday morning when we celebrate the fact that you are risen, Father, and that the world has been changed forever, Lord. Thank you uh, that we have resurrection power, that we have the ability to be changed, that you came to, to make us new, to, to take away the poison, to cure us of the poison that was a part of our soul, that sin, Father, and that you didn't just take that away, but you renewed our life. You made us new, Father, and that you give us life eternal, Lord. And so I, I just thank you for all of that, Father, but I pray especially this morning uh, for that one that is listening, and they know they don't have this life. They know that the poison still rages in them, Father, and that uh, they want to ask you to come into their life and, and make a difference, Father. And so I pray right now as, as they pray, and I want to encourage you to just pray and, and say to the Father, just confess, just own it. I, I own uh, my sin. Uh, ask him uh, to, to come in and change your life and, and give you a new life in Christ and repent and say, I, I, don't, I don't want to do that anymore. And, and then ask for forgiveness for what you've done. And then ask him into your life and tell him that you'll follow him. Father God, I pray for new life in Christ this morning and that you would bless those that have, have made that commitment, Father, that you would surround them with love, that you'd give them the courage to tell another believer and to get connected, Father, that you may be glorified and that they might uh, forever follow you, Father, and that we might be together in eternity. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the power of the resurrection. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you uh, for those of you who continue to give. Uh, some of you have kind of stepped up and are, are kind of sending in checks, and that, that's a wonderful thing. We're going to worship the Lord in giving now, uh, and you can give uh, several ways. You can give on the app. Uh, I encourage you to download our app, or uh, you can give directly on PushPay. You can go to our webpage, and there's a place where you can do that. And you can even mail the check-in, and I, I should be putting down here below me uh, the, the new P.O. box. I know some people were uncomfortable maybe sending a check to the, to the regular mailbox, but we have a new P.O. box, so it's a secure place. Uh, you could send that uh, as well. And then don't forget, uh, we're going to sing in just a minute, and I'll be back for the benediction, but don't forget to do the selfie with everybody together saying, He is risen, He is risen indeed, and post it on our, uh, our church lobby page. So let's worship in giving as the Martin family comes back uh, to share with us this morning. 